Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Turn to Genesis. The book of beginnings. I'm beginning a very important series today, and um, the general theme or title of this series is the ministry of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All right, the ministry of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But you know, just in order to break it down a bit. We are going to start with the ministry of Abraham. Amen. The ministry of Abraham. All right? Now, most people call Abraham. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you as we begin a new and very important series. We pray for the spirit of revelation, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, insight, and Lord, direction from you for all our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, as I preach, God is going to speak to many people. Are you listening to me? As I share the word of God with you, God is going to speak to you tonight. Now, if there's anybody here who feels like going home quickly, the devil is speaking to you. All right, at this very moment, there's a demon speaking to you. So rebuke it right now in Jesus' name so that you can receive something from the Lord. Hallelujah. One day, I saw a demon, and the demon was just on my right-hand side. So the devil is often not far away. Now, many people refer to Abraham as Father Abraham. Even the man who went to hell, the rich man, he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, for I am tormented in this flame. So most people don't know that Abraham had a father. So let's look in Genesis chapter 11 and we'll see Abraham's father. Genesis chapter 11. Verse 23. And Sarug. Lived after. He begat Nahor. 200 years. Somebody was living for 200 years. How many would like to live for 200 years? Are you sure you want to be around for 200 years? I was sitting with a man one day. He was looking through his um, telephone address book. And as he was flipping through the pages of his address book, he was making various noises. Oh, and he was just going through. And I said, what is it? 
He said, most of the people in my address book are dead. Because most of his colleagues were dead. Because he was so old. You see? So, I don't think you like to be around for 200 years. I think heaven is also there. You can start early or whenever you start. Just prepare the way. Amen. (laughs) All right. So, Sarug lived 30 years. Verse 22. And begat Nahor. And Serug lived after he begat Nahor 200 years. And he begat sons and daughters. Amen. So Serug was 30 years old when he had his son, Nahor. Are you getting it? Then after he had his son, he lived on for another 170 years. Are you with me? So it's not as though, because they were living 200 years, they were having children when they were 120. By the age of 90, they were still old. And too old to have children. That is why when Abraham was approached with the option of having a child, Abraham started laughing. Sarah also laughed because even though it was young relative to the number of years Abraham lived eventually, right? It was still too old to have children. So apparently, the cycle of life was still like the way it is now. Because by the time a woman is about 45 onwards, she's sort of on the borderline to becoming unproductive. So verse 24. And Nahor lived... 29 years and he begat Terah. Okay? Now Terah was Abraham's father. But let's look at 25. Now, and Nahor lived after he begat Terah 119 years. So he was 29 years old and after he gave birth to Terah, he lived for another 119 years. Yes, so 119 plus 29 is what? 148. Position, are you sure? All right. Verse 26. And Terah lived 70 years, and he begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Now these are the generations of Terah. Now, Terah had three sons. Are you there? In this case, it just tells us how old Terah was by the time, how long he lived. It doesn't tell us when he had the children. But it says, Terah begat, in 27, Abram, Nahor, and Haran. You get it? So look at me, everyone. What were the names of Terah's children? You see, some of you think we are just going through an endless genealogy. The Bible says we should avoid endless genealogies. But this one has an end. So it's not endless. Amen? Oh, amen? amen. So this is not endless because it's ending soon. So who was Terah's How many children did Terah have? 
And what were the names of his children? A and H is the formula. Abram, Nahor, and Haran. A and H. All right? Now, interesting. You see, we are seeing something right here. Haran begat Lot. There were three brothers. And Haran had a son. And what was his name? You heard of Lot? Yeah, Pastor Ishmael's second name is Lot. Is that not so? Yeah. Ishmael Lot's son. (laughs) There are not many people called Lot. In, the, in life, but possession is one of those. Verse 28. And Haran died before his father in the land of his nativity in Ur in the Chaldees. Alright? So Haran was one of the three sons of Terah. But unfortunately, Haran died before his father. But when he died, he left behind a young man called Lot. So Lot was a fatherless boy. You see, these are things you must remember. Amen? Because later on, we are going to see Lot's behavior. But he had probably forgotten when his father died. And somebody took him and said, let's go. But later on, he made himself the equal of Abraham and he had to, Abraham had to divide the land equally for Lot to take half and Abraham to take half. And he took a very nice place and left Abraham. He, didn't, he had forgotten when his father died. All right. Are you there? Are you learning something? Haran begat Lot. That's 28. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of Ur. In Ur of Chaldees, verse 29. And Abram and Nahor, remember there were three, A and H. So here is A and N, who took them wives. Now, the name of Abram's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iskar. I don't understand what that is, but it's something. Alright? Now, verse 30. Are you there? But Sarai was barren, and she had no child. Now, this is an interesting point. This is why some people want to find out before they marry. And it sounds logical. Reasonable. That you got to find out if she is capable of marrying. In our modern world, we know that 40% of the causes of infertility are due to the man. 40% are due to the woman alone. And the woman, the man alone is caused by 40% of all the cases. And in 20% of all cases, it's caused by both parties. So really, we are not being fair to the women when we say she has to be tested. You have to be tested as well. Amen? 
Because perhaps you may have no seeds. You may not. So any lady who is being told that you've got to be tested, tell the, la- tell the gentleman, listen, young man, let's go to the laboratory because your test is easier. We can do yours now. Amen? And if you want to marry me, you marry me by faith. The judge shall live by his faith. If you cannot marry me by faith, forget it. Amen. Amen. Verse 31. And Terah. Remember Terah was Abraham's father. And Abraham and Terah had three sons, A and H. Abraham, Nahor, and H. Haran. Now, some of you, when you go to school, you find it difficult to remember things. How many have discovered that you find it difficult to remember things? Now, let me give you the secret to remembering things. The secret is mnemonics. Mnemonics. You understand mnemonics? Spell M N E M. O N I C S. Mnemonics. Which is a, a formula to remember long lists of things. So, when you are trying to remember, give it a formula and you'll be surprised. You'll be remembering and people will say, Man. So, A N H. Abraham, Nahor. Haran. Straight away. Children of terror. But if you try, say, if I come tomorrow, I say, hey, two are the children of terror. You say, terror. You suddenly be terrorized. <laughs> okay? Now, terror took his sons, took Abram his son, Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah his daughter-in-law, his son Abraham's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah, that's Abraham's father, were 205 years. And Terah died in Haran. Are you there? Now, Haran is the name of Lot's father. And it's also being used as the name of a place. Whatever it means, I don't know. You know how old this Bible is? And you know how many years ago they are talking about? This is one of the most unique books ever, ever to exist. Even Shakespeare's works are not as reliable as the Bible. Many of the plays of Shakespeare, there are arguments about portions. Was it like this? Was this said? Was this said? Was this said? The Bible is archaeologically speaking the most reliable piece of literature to exist in the world. In fact, anyone who discards this book must discard all forms of historic literature. You must throw them out Shakespeare, everything, every kind of archaeological evidence, history, because if you discard this, which is the best available, and when you go to school of the word, you will learn all these things. That's why I said you should go to school of the word. You will find out 
that if you discard the Bible, you've got to discard everything else. And I'm saying that when we go as far back as Abraham, huh, we are looking at not when Christ came, but thousands of years before Christ came. That's not a, I went to Jerusalem. When I went to Jerusalem, I went up a certain place and then they took us to um, uh, some part of the hill in Jerusalem. When we got there, they said, this is David's tomb. So when I got there with my guide, I said, are you sure that this is David's tomb, King David's tomb? I said, are you sure? I said, this one, I think it is a trick to get tourists. Because I said, David, do you know when David lived? King David. Reverend Saki, when you learned in religions, how many years ago was that? Thousands. Three thousand. About a thousand years before Christ. And even people who are buried at Osu Cemetery hundred years ago have turned into dust. How much more? Three thousand. And Abraham, how much more? Father Abraham. So, when you see this Bible and what we are reading, accurate description of whose father was who, whose father was who, who gave birth to who, how long they lived. Oh, man. You are looking at one of the most outstanding pieces of literature ever to come onto the surface of this earth. The days of terror were 205 years. Genesis chapter 12. We are getting to the ministry of Abraham. And verse 1. How many are blessed so far? I'm blessed already. Verse 1. Now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house that's his father who was his father and who were terrorist children a and h so you are learning genealogies not endless ones ones with an end Unto a land that I will show thee. Verse 2. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee. And I will make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. Amen. And I will curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And look at somebody. And Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abraham took Sarai his wife and lot his brother's son and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls they had gotten in Haran and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan and into the land of Canaan they came 
And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sichem, unto the plain of Moreh. Detailed descriptions of the journeys. More than 6,000 years history. We are reading it right there. Amen. And the Canaanites was then in the land. Verse 7 of Genesis chapter 12. All Christians must be reading. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there he builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain in the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and high on the east. And there he also built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Verse 9. And Abram journeyed, going on still towards the south. Hallelujah. Here endeth the reading. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his holy word. Today I want to begin a very important teaching on principles we can learn from the ministry of Abraham. Now, I call it the ministry of Abraham because... He was, a ministry is something God has called you to do. A ministry is not being the same as others whom you know already to be in the ministry. A ministry is defined by God. I think that's a very good principle that we can write as the very first principle of Abraham's ministry. Is that your ministry is defined by God and not by others who are all around you. Your ministry is defined by God and not by others around you. So the first principle is that your ministry is defined by the Lord. Now, if Lighthouse Chapel International is sending out missionaries to the whole world and another church is not doing that, that does not mean that Lighthouse Chapel should stop doing that because others are not doing that. Amen. Amen. And it does not mean that others are wrong because they are not doing that. Because perhaps the Lord has not called them to do that. You see, your ministry is defined by what the Lord has told you to do. Can I have an amen? amen? Now, Abraham's duty, his whole ministry, ended up by producing one important son, Isaac, whom he was prepared to um, sacrifice. So that was his ministry. Can you imagine that? Your whole job is to have a child. 
how easy it looks. But it's not easy. Nobody's ministry is easy. It may look easy, but you don't know what it involves. So as you look at me and say, ah, the bishop is just enjoying. He just comes and he just preaches some word and people are happy. And then he goes home, he drives his nice car to his house. Brothers and sisters, do not be deceived. Everyone has a ministry given to him by God. And nobody's ministry is easy per se. If you think that you are going to get away without having to go through what you must go through, dear friend, you deceive yourself. And the truth is not in you. Allow God to define your ministry. And do not look around you to your left or to your right. To determine what you are supposed to do for the Lord. If God has spoken to you, Eddie Faven, to dash your car, don't try to find others in the church and start to ask them, has God not been speaking to you about your car? Perhaps the Lord, because I know God told me that he has spoken to a lot of people about giving. If he has told you to give your car, just give it. You don't know what is in store for you. And so just flow with that idea and give it away if the lord has told you to build a house and ask the pastors to live in it if they want or if they need just do it don't start trying to find others who should also build houses and give to the church amen Amen. if yours is to go into a foreign land and preach the gospel just go and stop don't look around to see whether others are also being asked to do the same thing. Amen. Amen. Because, ladies and gentlemen, that is one of the greatest causes of ministerial abortion. Did you know that, for instance, in Lighthouse Chapel, most of our pastors are lay pastors in the sense that they work in the secular field and then they are also pastors but when lighthouse came on the scene newly most other churches did not have such a system in fact i was criticized for having people or even being a pastor myself but i was the first one to be criticized on that i was criticized for not concentrating on my medical studies and somebody preached out of his pulpit and said, some people, instead of concentrating on their schoolwork, they say they are pastors from a powerful pulpit. And when it comes from a powerful pulpit, it can shake the whole city. Are you listening to me? But ladies and gentlemen, everybody's calling is different. Make sure that you obey the call of God on your life. I have become very relaxed when I look at my pastors and I just look at everyone, I say, you know, God has called everybody, everybody differently. I can only take a horse to the water and show him that the water is good. I can even go into the water and take some and drink some and show you that, you see, this water is good water. I drank it myself. It was good. 
I was blessed because I drank. But after that, I cannot make the horse better. Have you ever had the horse? The horse will bite your face. My father had a horse called High High, and it was a biter of faces. One day I came to the stables, and there was a young man whose lips had been bitten off like that. And I asked, What happened? He said, High High bit him. So I don't want any of my pastors to high high me. If I take them to the water, I can just stand there, but I don't want to get too close to the horse and be struggling with the horse's way. Before I realize, the horse will just like that. I bite my lips off. And I don't want anybody to bite my lips off. How many want somebody to bite my lips off? Nobody wants to bite my lips off. So, ladies and gentlemen, you can only encourage people. You can only tell people, come to the camp. Or try to encourage a lot of people to come to the camp. And you find that still, there are people who would rather not come to the camp. Or who will spend their time and their money doing other things. Especially in Ghana, funerals. Now I want to speak about that and I'm going to uh, preach a series on funerals. It's going to be called, Let the Dead Bury the Dead. Yeah. Because I think that it's something that we need to get up. Because you see, we respect the dead. And I believe that these are things that cause our nation to be in reverse gear. Yeah. Because the honor is given to the dead, not to the living. The money is spent on the dead, not the living. The, the, the time is spent on the dead, not the living. Allowances are made for the dead and not for the living. All the extra allowances and blessings and time and everything is made for the dead, but not for the living. Go and tell your boss that you want to go for a camp which is going to make your life better. He will say no. Tell him that you've got an auntie who is dead and you're going to go for a funeral at Barikesi Dam in Ashanti region, he will say, yes, you can go for the funeral. Four days, five days, six days, seven days, they will allow you to go. But say you want to go and develop yourself spiritually. Oh, from where? They'll tell you, if you go, you've lost your job. So ladies and gentlemen, I tell you, you can tell people, let's do this, but at a point, there's nothing you can do. You can just watch. And I believe that God is bringing us to a point where we ourselves have to see. If God has called you, my sister, don't look at your other girl ladies with whom you went to university or with whom are your friends and so on. Say, eh, after all, all of us who are around in the age of 30-something and all those who have children, we are all not doing much and we are all so and so. So you keep looking. You will go to hell and you will go to hell looking at people. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's for uh, when I look at my age group, we are, this is our age for marrying, and, and you know what I mean? Having a lot of children and things like that, you know? You keep on looking at people. I say, you keep on looking at people, you'll be very surprised. Anybody who looks at people to know what to do is an inferior type of person. You've got an inferior mind because it is people who tell you what to do. There was a time that I stood and I said, well, I felt that the NDC government was a good government because they have developed the roads they have built. And I stood, I know a lot of people didn't think that it was right. And I thought so. And I still think that they've done a lot of development, etc. And I still stand by that. But there's a dark side to NDC and to all of them there. There's a very dark side, dark mist and clouds which can turn into something else, into the whole nation. And that's what I'm also talking about now. But I don't, I don't withdraw when I say, I, I see the roads, 
I see the developments. I see the electricity that's been sent to the whole nation. I've got an independent opinion of whoever. That's my opinion. And I'm entitled to at least one opinion under United Nations Charter of Human Rights. Everybody's entitled to just one opinion. And I can exercise that opinion if I want to. But there are a whole lot of people who have to look at what others... I know there are people who look around and they can't really say what they really think. Some people think that, for instance, I'm, an, I'm now an opposition person. They think quiet. Even some of the pastors, they think to themselves quietly, you know, this man, this, this, that. And they, they feel that, oh, this guy is preaching against whatever. But I say, I stand by what I say. I stand by, I say that anybody who sees his father being attacked, breaking walls down, attacking him, at burning down his office, Uh, breaking down things, breaking down the cars, and so on, and says that, oh, in fact, you are are doing a good thing. We will vote for you so that you can continue. You are sick, and you don't belong to that house. Yeah. I'll tell you quite, and I stand by what I'm saying. But you see, in Ghana, when we support something, we support it blindly. And when you are against, you can't see anything good, which is also not correct. When you are even against... You must be able to see this is good, this is good, this is good, but this is not good. That is honesty. But I stand by what I say, and I say, go tell them that we are opposed to people who break down walls. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And I, I, my, my opinion is very clear. I cannot stand by my broken walls and so many other things and say, oh, in fact, we need more breakages. Can we need more breakages? Am I out of my mind? I don't need anybody to tell me what to believe in. I'm an independent person. I said, anybody who needs to look around and say, does everybody support? Most NDC supporters are afraid to open their mouth and say that they are NDC supporters. Even at the last election, you see, NDC genuinely won the elections last time. Although there were some riggings here and there, they won it. And that means that a lot of people supported NC, but they can't open their mouth to say it. But they are afraid to say what they really believe. Shame. If you believe in something, stand up and say, look, me, this is what I believe in. That's all. And we can all dwell together. You believe this, I believe that. You believe this, I believe that. That's all. Amen. Abraham did not need anybody to tell him whether he should go to Canaan. Nobody was going to. He was the only odd one man going to Canaan. I'm going. God has told me to go to Canaan. That's what I believe in. And I'm going. And he went. There are people who don't come to the Bible schools because they feel, "Are you going to the Bible school? Will you go? I will go. Will you go? I won't go. Will you go?" Okay. You don't deserve to come to the Bible school because to go to the Bible school you need people. To go with you and form it. And when you get to the Bible school, you will form part of a bad group who will stand up and do wrong things. And you only do the right thing if everybody else is doing. And so, you see, when you read the Bible, the Bible says that uh, Satan will be bound for 1,000 years one day. He'll be bound for 1,000. But after 1,000 years, he will be released. And when he released, he will come and deceive the nations again. And yet, some people will still follow him. That means that even when everything is going well and it looks as if Satan hasn't got any followers, inside the followers, there are those who don't really support Christ. And when the chance comes, they will show their true colors. 
So ladies and gentlemen, let us be able to stand. I am here not because any of my classmates believe in the ministry. I am not here because other doctors are doing what, what, what they, uh, other doctors are in the ministry. I am here because God has called me and that is what I'm doing. What has God told you to do? Look, there are people in this church, if you were to follow what God is saying, the church would even be financially better. But you look around and you say, nobody's doing this. No, but in Nigeria, for instance, people give cars. People give cars and houses. In Ghana, it's not common. So it's like, because it's not common, you rarely have someone say, I'm giving a car, I'm giving a car, I'm giving a car, I'm giving a car. But in, a, in places, Idahosa did an offering. He had cars. He just he, he's taken an offering for cars. And there were car keys in there. Several car keys. So it's like, hey, will you do it? I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Will you do? You need others to do before you will do. I won't bring my child. Will you bring yours? Find out what is good and stand by it. Find out what, is, what God says. Go for it. Don't need, if you, all your classmates are going one way and you have to go the right way, go the right way. You will live to see that anyone who obeys God is destined for greatness. Be able to say what you believe. Yeah. And I will say this even to all of us. Pastors, shepherds, even in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in these days of politics, as they continue and as the campaigning becomes more and more heated, be able to say what you believe and why you believe it. Just, that is what a Christian must, and you must be truthful. You must be able to say, look, me, that's what I believe. And this is why I believe it. That's all. And you must be able to stand for it. And if you come to me just because you hate somebody, I'll tell you that, well, I cannot also follow something just because of your hatred. Your hatred cannot move me. We must not be moved by hatred. We must be moved by realities. But unfortunately in our country, we are not moved by realities. We are moved by something else. If this was America, the current government can never win an election. In a year when the prices of everything has gone through the roof, the, rise, the, uh, the, the prices have gone beyond the roof, and prices are, you see, they are now going to go higher even. The value of everything has just become out of, it's like a totally deformed something. There is no way under the sun in America where a government in this, in this, this condition can win. But it's very likely that this, the government will win the elections. It's quite likely. It's quite likely. It's quite unlikely that there will be any change. Because issues are not the issues over which people are thinking. There are other things that people are, people are going by hatred, by passion, by tribe, by what? This is not politics. These facts, we are talking about realities. People don't like truth too. That's one of the things that I've seen. When you are saying real things, people look at my yeah. <laughs> what is he saying? He shouldn't say too much. He should stop. Why should I stop saying the truth? 
America's economy was like this, even they'll do the election before the time. And throw out whoever is causing. And you think they will stand and say that external factors. And people believe that it's external factors. But we've got to be able to be like Abraham. God said, go. And you know what? Abraham did not have the benefit of seeing some people ahead. These people served God. These people did this. He was just a guy. Please, the father. He was the father, Abraham. Isaac could look at his father. Jacob could look. And we all say like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Abraham couldn't say that like anybody. He was the first arrival. But he believed what he believed in. Please, let's be honest. Because you see, when you don't speak your opinion, or you, don't, you, don't, you, are, not, you are not able to be confident about it, after a while, you, you, you move into a lesser class. Wow. In fact, today they have stepped on a lot of toes. But if I stepped on your toe, then your toe deserves stepping on. Let's go on. The next principle is the principle of inevitable greatness. Inevitable greatness. And I want you to look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. It says, And I will make of thee a great nation. Huh? And I will bless thee. And I will make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. Look, anyone who follows God, huh? I, want to, I want to tell you, there is what I call the principle of inevitable greatness. Inevitable means that you can't escape it. It's something which will by all means happen. You will be, now, Someone say, hey, man, me, I know some people who have become pastors and I know some people who have followed God, but they have not become great, rather they have become poor. How many know some pastors who have become poor by becoming pastors? Raise up your hand and give me a wave. Yeah, there are a whole lot of pastors who became poor by going into the ministry, who ruined their lives by going to the ministry, who entered the ministry and they died and their wives and their wives became widows and paupers. Who became useless entities in life if only they had done something else? Whose families cursed the day that they went into the ministry? Who were not able to do certain things in life just because they entered into the ministry and claimed to be obeying the call of God? That is why a whole lot of people wouldn't want to be follow the call of God because it looks so risky, so dangerous. And it's like there's no security. When you compare Lighthouse with Volta River Authority, who can pay you with more security? Huh? Emma, who can pay you? Uh, who, can, who is more sure? Lighthouse. Huh? Lighthouse. <laughs> See me after church. 
Thou shalt not lie. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. You see, what is God telling you to do? Do it. Do it. In all my years of ministry, I have not seen probably with just very little exception somebody who will say, you know, God, I believe that God has called you and God has spoken to me to support you. I don't, you know, but I am sure, Pastor Eddie, I am 100% sure that there must be several people who God has said, support this man for what he is doing. But in all my years of, min- of ministry, I have stayed with very, very little exception, if any at all. I see that somebody has been touched by God and God has told the person to do that. Of course, because people don't do it. So why should anybody tell any- God speak to anybody when God has not said it? <laughs> has not said it to others. How can he say it to you when he's speaking? But means he speaks in groups. But anybody, like I say, stand up for what you believe. Stand for what you believe. Stand for what you believe. You will make yourself a great man. You, he, said, he said, I will make thy great name great. I will make thee a great nation. If today my name, at least to some extent, it is known. I mean, I may be nothing, but to some extent, I am known. And to some extent, I have a great name. To some extent. Not be much, but at least something small if I was suturing whatever in America now nobody would know me if that is greatness nobody would know me oh yeah but you see the real greatness is the arrival in heaven when you arrive at the doors of heaven and they put a red carpet for you like that and say, Charlie, one of the wildest warriors of the last day battle has arrived. And the angels are saluting you and bowing down to you. And you are walking and you are wondering that, hey, Charlie, mini fairy, Charlie, what is happening here? Hey. And the angels are saluting and say, Welcome. Here he comes. Here she comes. And you are coming. And you are wondering, what did you do? You say, Ah, you, you, you financed the, the gospel. And that's all. You, you were there. You are the one who brought a. Uh, Pastor Yogicho to Christ. Yeah, you didn't know that you through you thousand million people have said, You are the one who was this, you are the one who did that, you are the one who said, hey. and they are saluting you and say, Welcome. That is when your true greatness will come. The greatness of this earth is nothing, it's smoke and dust. Vapor. For what is your life? Is it not just a vapor that appears for a while and vanishes away? When you see in the mortuary one day, them, hold my Bible for me, holding the trachea of a human being who was walking a circle the day before and holding it like that and pulling it out and slamming it on the table. Blah! Lungs, heart, stomach, intestines, everything. Blah! Yesterday a circle. I will never. You see, when you, when you stand at the mortuary table, you see people who 
were alive. I remember one day I said, We asked, they show you how the person that they said he died yesterday. He was crossing the road at second and he was knocked down by a car. And here the, the merchant man will open and hold the tent and allow and you realize that any great man is not anybody whom you hear that they've done a post-mortem. In fact, that's probably why Archbishop Bidasa, when he died, they didn't touch his body. He, he, they, he slept in the house. He slept in the house till the funeral. They just carried him from the house. Because if you love somebody, in fact, that thing, when you, if you have been there, you know what they do. You do not like anybody to touch the body even with the, uh, whatever. Oh, Angie, is it not true? Ah, it's something. One day I did a postponement and we opened the stomach and it was yam. The man had been eating yam and stew. Hey! And you will see the white yam. I, I don't know whether he wasn't chewing the yam or what because the thing was big inside the stomach. Oh, man. I think he was in a hurry. I don't know where he was. <laughs> no, it was awful. It was yam. I'm telling you, I was the one who was doing the thing. I saw the thing. You realize that your greatness upon this life is nothing. You see ladies who walk in. Come to the mortuary. See, they just throw them here. Baba! Nothing. See the ladies who walk in. Hey, I'm sorry, Baka. You have an Adam. What to say? Who are you? Inyon, 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 Inyon. Come and see. Smoke, smoke and dust. I said, Come and see. Even pants, you know where. If they brought your sleeping cloth from the house, you are lucky. But if they brought your sleeping cloth, they may use it to cover you. But if not, you are there completely like. Have you seen a banana that they've peeled? The greatness of a man is nothing. But God told Abraham, I'll make you great. We are here 6,000 years later. I'm preaching about the man. A man, his greatness was because he had God calling. He obeyed. He followed. The calling is the step to inevitable greatness. Refusing to obey the call is the step to inevitable oblivion. Write it down. Oblivion and obscurity. Oblivion. Oblivion. Cynthia, what does oblivion mean? Huh? Oblivion. No. Oblivion is like into, into the outer space of forgetfulness. I mean, out of into nowhere. Your memory of you is cast off. I see you moving out of oblivion. All you've been able to acquire 
is what? CDs. <laughs> if you had been saving your money, when our champion them were around, six thousand the ticket to London was six thousand CDs. By that time you thought that in fact I have something power. Maybe yes, savings for Ghana uh, Agric Development. No, Bank for Housing and Construction. Today, both the bank and the money. I said, both the bank and the money are nothing. Look, let me show you. This, right? This is what you use. Five, give me a thousand. Has anybody got a thousand CDs? One tower. But your thousand is too old. Ah! <laughs> this, right? This is what we use to buy. How much? What can you buy now? You can buy two loads. Look, we were all in Ghana. You see, although I'm not an old man, I mean, I'm a very young person. I was not around at Independence. That's why I can only speak, you know, up to a point. Independence Cry was not born. Even Republic Day, I was not born. Look, this. In my time, I remember taking dropping in this same Ghana. I paid 20 CDs. Me. Me dad. Your friend, me dad. New daddy. I took dropping. I paid 20 CDs. This. You take this. Brother, I bless you. So tomorrow you go to Ghana Airways and buy tell them that you are coming to buy a ticket who we'll call on the rent then now make an emotion here what is here uh-huh who call ghana coco house catch it up with pastor be a friend of bishop dad or say one fast has six thousand number office luna ubetor and you know uh tickets i will call dusseldorf now make an emotion here uh-huh six tower today the money and then the bank that you were saving have in, turned into smoke smoke and dust for, for what is your life it is a vapor that appears for a while everything you are building is nothing the greatness that you are to have in this life it comes from following the call of God upon your life do you understand what I'm saying your greatness is linked to your call to following the call if you fail to follow the call not only will you amount to nothing but you will also be nothing the principle of inevitable greatness. I see you becoming great as you serve the Lord and you follow him. The next one. There are so many, but I'll just give you one or two. The principle of the divine difference. How many want to be a div- there to be a divine difference upon your life? Now, 
I want you to see, this is a very interesting one. Don't, don't go to sleep now. Tell the person next to you, it's time to get up. This part is for you. Notice, are you with me? Are you all around? You don't even have to look at your Bible, just look at me. I'll read it for you. Okay? After I'm the one who is full time. So you, you look. Now listen. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse them that curse thee. In thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Lot went with him. Abraham took Sarah his wife. Lot his brother's son. All their substances. And all the souls that they had gotten. And they were all going. But even though they were moving in a group, there was one person who was a blessed person among the group. Even though they all looked the same, it was one person who had been called by God. Even though they were all moving in a group, it was one person who had what we call divine protection. Even though they were moving in a group, it was one person whose enemies were cursed. It was Abraham's enemies who were cursed. Lot's enemies were not cursed. <laughs> it was Abraham who was blessed. But Abraham, Lot wasn't got any blessing. Others were going along. It was, it was one person who had the protection, the blessing, the curses upon the enemies, the greatness, everything. It was on that person. Those associated with that person were experienced, fall into the shadow of that blessing. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when you met Abraham and Lot and others moving along, you would have think that, oh, they, these are, this is the move, move of God. These are the... These are the men of the hour. Abraham, Lot, Sarah, Lady Pastor Sarah, Reverend Dr. Lot, Bishop Abraham, Reverend uh, Hara, all the guys, the, the, all the souls, they were all moved, but it was only Abraham who was called. You see, in the realm of the spirit, there was a difference, which is what some people don't realize. That in as much as you see people moving in a group, there is a difference, and that difference is as far as God sees it. And in fact, all of Abraham's problems were linked to having taken Lot with him. When you do not realize this, you become a fool. And you do not realize that your blessing is connected to being around that. It was Abraham who was called. Let's face it. God does not call groups. Read your Bible from beginning to end. There is nowhere where anybody was called in a group. Even the disciples, one by one, Jesus will call Zacchaeus, follow me. Peter, follow me. From today, you will fish after my Andrew, this, that. Everybody personally, God will call you and use you. God will call you and use you. So ladies and gentlemen, even Laban, he said, I have come to realize that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Because the, the blessing was upon Abraham. And you see, this is what happens in many churches. Assistant pastors don't know. Sometimes. They feel that, oh, I mean, we are all doing the work of God after all. In fact, we do more work than him. Monkey, they work, baboon, they chop. A lot of people don't know that he's the one who, we, we are the ones holding the church. We are the ones stabilizing the church. Oh, it's a lot of, I would like to preach this in a lot of churches. 
Where the, so now there are system pastors think that we are holding the church together. A lot of things are going on. We have to hold things together and stabilize the church. But they don't know. Often they have no call of God upon their life to a certain extent. To a certain extent, all of us are called. But in a certain realm, it is only certain people who have certain callings. So as you go along, everybody looks the same. Because when they all wear shoes, they all wear dress, they all wear coat, they all wear tie. Everybody looks as that is why many of the people who step out when God has probably called you to associate or to stay, they step out, they walk out, they become nothing. Just look around. I've watched a lot of people who have orangulized and rebelled several pastors and ministers and so on in Ghana, outside Ghana, and I've watched most of them end up as just, you just wonder. But when they were around, it was like, we are big. We are all moving. I mean, God has called us. And he said, are you the only one God? Are you always right? God is the only, you are not the only one who God uses. But you see, there's a divine difference in there. Well, the next principle, and I believe will be the last one for tonight, is the principle of serial instructions serial instructions now serial means in series it means one after the other okay amen now god told abram are you there he said go to canaan i will make you a great nation i'll bless thee and indeed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Thou shalt be a blessing. And so Abraham went along. And as he went along, are you listening to me? Are you there? God spoke to him again and again and again. Now let me tell you something. This is one of the things. You see, there's a principle here of the serial instructions that God, and also another principle of serial sacrifices. I think you can write that as well, so that we just end with those two. You, you will not sacrifice once. In this very place we are reading, Abraham sacrificed once, then he sacrificed again. The Isaac sacrifice came later. So before he even sacrificed his son, on the road, do this. Then he'll do. Do this, then he'll do. Do this, then he'll do. Do this, and he'll do. Not once. God told Paul, Go, and it shall be told you what you shall do. That's all. Pastor Nanayao, God is not going to tell you once today and what you know every. If you ask me whether I know about the future, about what God has said, this, that, that. I'll say, I don't know. I'm just flowing. As the Lord tells me, then I do. As the Lord tells me. If you tell me that I knew that this is what I'll be doing, I don't, it's not true. If you tell me, oh, I'm somebody, when I was in medical, I dreamt of this church, I dreamt of an account it's not true. <laughs> I have, the Lord said, just serve me, and then I'll be going. If you want to serve, read about Acts, Paul, Paul said, Go, it will be told you what to do. 
That's all. You go. To be told what. And when he went there, he was told. And as you see his letters, you realize that he was told much more. We were not there when he was told all those things. Anybody who comes to church and makes himself and know it all is cutting himself off from the serial instructions that God has been. The next one that he was about, you became too big to receive it and then you were off. Do you know why many pastors do not become what they could have become? They just cut off at a point. God will be instructing, instructing, then you get to a point. They didn't stop having quiet time. People stop reading the Bible. A whole lot of us here, we stop reading the Bible. You think reading the Bible is for Scripture Union Secondary School? Me, I read my Bible every day. Me, I read my Bible every day. Today, I've read my Bible. I read my Bible. I, and I hear from God all the time. God speaks to me all the time. I am open for God. God's sacrifice is not just yesterday. You may have sacrificed something to God yesterday. You may have sacrificed last year. But God will call on you again and say, sacrifice one more time. In this nine verses that we read, Abraham sacrificed twice. He had not read Isaac. Isaac came later, chapter 18 and those places. This is chapter 12. He started in 11. We've reached 12. Nine verses, two sacrifices. Walking with God is a series of instructions, sacrifices. It's a series. No, no, no. If you think, you see, I remember one young pastor, how he rebelled and I looked at him and I said, hey, as I look at you, I, I, you see, I can see you clearly. And you rebel thinking that you know. But that was his greatest tragedy was that he thought he had arrived. You see, where I am in the ministry, although sometimes all the pastors may be working together, sometimes we have to talk like fools. But where I am, many people are not there. I may even be close to you, but where I am or what I, where I am, you, many people are not there at all. We all have the name title. Uh, the title pastor but the difference in the realm of the spirit is very vast but people don't know that but you see we all work together so pastor pastor that is why even in the medical school we have people like professor bedu professor bedu is he still alive still alive teaching huh. a surgeon he must be in his 80s or 70s he was teaching us when we were there but when I became a doctor, I was also Dr. Mills, and he was Dr. Bedu. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were all the same. But that's a, that's a mistake. Even to the outside, people make the mistake. When they come there, I may even look more confident because that's an old man. He's just walking around like that. He just comes. But you see, Dr. Mills, Dr. Mills has come to the world. <laughs> Dr. Mills, can you? Oh, yeah, what's happening? This is that. I, I look like the one who is actually bringing the solution, but ten, JJC, you have just come. But we all look the same. In fact, my coat will be newer. Maybe as a young man, I may have gone abroad to work as a porter. I said, uh, whatever. So I'd have come with a new car. And the old professor said, hasn't got it. So when I drive him with my flashy new car, I get out. When I check my remote control, then I just put on my stethoscope. Nothing in my head. I'm just moving like that. I'm coming to solve problems. Zero. Zero. And then the old professor comes in his old Toyota. And he just comes. How's the patient? Everything okay? All right. Continue. 
Okay, what is happening? All right, change this to this, to this. All right. That's the knowledge and the information and experience. So sometimes everybody looks. We are all the same. And when you stop, please don't, don't make this. Get this part. Don't make this mistake. The instructions are in series. It's not once. Please. Please. This, it's in series. Don't make that. That is what is going to kill you in your ministry, in your life. You came to church, you heard, and you come. People, as soon as you start preaching, there are some people, they just come back and, ah, like that. They just start joining. It's like, we know what is going to be said. This is your great tragedy. In the ministry, this is our tragedy. The sacrifice is going to continue. Oh, he told you to give last year. Recently, the Lord asked me to give something. And I said, Lord, last year, this is the same type of thing that you were doing. Last year, you asked me this, that, that. You are bringing the thing to this year, too. I realized that the thing is in series. I said it's in series. I said it's in series. I said, did God speak to you? He's speaking again. I said, he's speaking again. You may have cut off yourself, but he's speaking. I said, he's speaking. I hear God speaking to you right now. Open your heart and let him speak to you again. And again. And again. And again. And when you come, be prepared for God to say anything. If Abraham had closed his ears, he would never have heard the Isaac story. Go and kill your son. Never under the under under the earth. Never. I see you becoming great as you follow the Lord. How many are going to follow the ministry of Abraham and become great in this life? Lift your hands and thank the Lord right now. Why should your ministry end now? Why should, why should your Christian life just stop at a point? The Lord is saying there's a series of instructions. I just gave you one in the series and you closed up to 17 more instructions that were coming. Yes, maybe you had to give up a lot four years ago. Maybe the Lord is calling you again. Give it up again. Give up something else. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The ministry of Abraham shows you the principle of serial, serial, serial instructions and sacrifices and information. God is taking you on a long, 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 long journey. Stand to your feet, everyone. Lead me, Lord. I will follow. Lead me, lead me, Lord. I will go. You have called me. I will answer. 
receive the greatness that the Lord is bringing into your lives as you follow him and as you obey and as you follow the call of God upon your life as you follow the series of instructions that the Lord has for you oh hallelujah 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 father Thank you. I, I just pray and lay hands on everyone here by contact right now. I speak over their heads and their minds and their hearts and their spirits. And I, I praise you for the great thing you have done in their lives right now as they follow the call of God upon their lives in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. How many are going to listen to the voice of God as he speaks again and again? How many know that new things are waiting for you out there? 
I see it happening. There's a, there's a daughter here. The Lord is saying, If you didn't obey me last time, you've got another chance. You've got another chance. You've got another chance to obey me. So follow again. I give you another chance to be great and to move out of being nothing to being something for God. I give you another chance in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. For everyone, Lord, that stays under your banner, under your perfect will, as, Lord, we follow and do your will, Father. Thank you for helping us, Lord, to follow this great ministry of Abraham and to be blessed. We worship you, Jesus. I worship you for every soul that is represented here. Thank you for blessings. The blessings of Abraham. Follow those that follow this ministry. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.